This is React Podcast. I'm Chantastic. This week, we sit down with the venerable Emma Vedekind to talk mentorship. She tells us all about the different types of mentorship you can find, at what phases in your career each type is most valuable, and how to get a yes from someone you'd like to mentor you. We also talk about her new mentoring platform, CodingCoach.io, and how it's helping connect developers based on technology and field. Buckle in and get ready to get help. This week's sponsor is Git Prime. Git Prime wants to give listeners of React Podcast a free book. And not just an ebook, a printed book with beautiful illustrations. The book is 20 Patterns to Watch For in Your Engineering Team. It's a field guide to help you recognize achievement, spot bottlenecks, and debug your development process with data. So, what does that mean? Every team can improve their development process no matter how good it is. Maybe you've waited for days to get a pull request reviewed, only to have your teammates rubber stamp it with looks good to me. Or maybe they missed the whole point of the PR and just point out pedantic syntactic nonsense, the easy, meaningless stuff. 20 patterns to watch for in your engineering team will help you identify and name those failing patterns so you can grow as a team, work happier, and build a product that builds a business. Visit getprime.com slash 20 patterns. That's the number 20 patterns and get this free book. Get Prime. Engineers build business. Emma, welcome to React Podcast. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. I am delighted to have you. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, I want to talk with you about all of the mentorship stuff. I think you're the perfect person to talk with about it. Um, but first, just give us a rundown of what you're up to right now in your life. Oh, my goodness. I can't even keep track of it all. And I am going to preface this with I'm exhausted. So please forgive me if my thoughts are kind of like all over the place. Um, so I'm working at LogMeIn right now as um, a UX engineer, which is just a software engineer. But I work on design systems. And I would say my niche is geared more towards design and UX. Um, so I'm building design systems and component libraries with React. I am currently in the midst of developing our style guide using Gatsby, which is really fun because I love Gatsby. Um, so that's my day job. And then in my spare time, uh, I do a plethora of things. I am a panelist on the podcast JS Party. I have made a few egghead courses in the past. I will continue to do so very soon. So that's on my plate. And then I like to blog too. So I'm going to be blogging for Ultimate Courses and, and I've got some other fun stuff coming up as well. Yeah, you have a lot of amazing material. It was actually really fun. Uh, I, I've seen some of your things come up over the internet over the, you know, the last year, uh, but kind of sitting down and actually like focusing on researching you, you have a lot of really great material. So I hope we can cover some of that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're very well-spoken, very kind of like well thought out actually where's the best place for people to find your writing you know so we don't skip that in the end um yeah so i migrated all of my tech blogs over to dev.2 um so the dev platform i was blogging on medium it's still live but there's a lot of politics around that right now that i don't want to get into so <laughs> yeah. like i have some more um like just general life blogs over there as well if you just want to read some of that but yeah i would say dev the dev.2 site is the best place 
How do you like the Dev2 platform? I like it a lot. I love that it's open source. Um, I also find that I get a lot higher engagement over there because everyone who's really? there is there for Dev, right? So like on Medium, like you can post your things and, and potentially get curated, which is kind of neat. But like the audience on Medium, is it spans everything. And so the, the market for just tech blogs is a lot lower. So. Do you find that you just just put your tech stuff on there or is it pretty uh, open to like putting some of your personal stuff on there or how does that work? I put yeah, I put personal things on there too. I just love to write. I like ever since I was little, I always said I was going to grow up and be an author. Uh, <laughs> I read a lot and I and I love writing and so I think that just kind of comes naturally. Um so yeah, I kind of like write about a lot of different things. Nice, nice. So before we get into the, the meat of the mentorship stuff, I have to ask you, you posted a tweet with a possum in it the other day, and oh, it did. just like blew <laughs> Oh, it I just, did. It just <laughs> blew up. So tell me, what's the, what's the story of this possum tweet? Uh, every time I look at it, it brings joy into my life. I I had seen someone, I don't know, there was like someone did something similar. Like I saw the image floating around the internet because nothing these days is unique. Right. Uh, and I certainly did not take a picture of a possum. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a possum in real life. It's not on my list of things to do. Um, so I found the image like floating around and I was like, yeah, that one, uh, kind of describes me at that moment. Um, and I just, every time I look at it, I just like giggle a little. So that's why I've pinned it. I'm like, every time I'm down, I'm just going to go look at my possum tweet. <laughs> You know, honestly, I, I kind of do the same. <laughs> like, I know it's pinned on her profile and it cracks me up every time. Yeah, it'll stay there forever. <laughs> so what was the inspiration? So you, so you found the image and the image is a possum kind of like popping out of the trash can. And I, what was the caption for it again? It was like, it was like, coworkers, I'm just going to refactor your code a little bit. And then me, don't touch my garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and... Like, it's so stupid. Like, it's really not even that funny. But then I sit and think about it. And I'm like, Oh, God, like, sometimes we do write garbage code. Like, sometimes it is a dumpster fire. And like, eh, whatever, it happens to all of us. <laughs> I think it's it's insanely relatable, because there's, there, there's this thing that we don't talk about a lot, that we know that we've written code that isn't like aesthetically pleasing or like yeah. our, our favorite or like the greatest code that we've ever written. But we're also like super defensive oh, yeah. about it at the same time. Um, like why, why do you think that is? I don't know. I, I think anything that we create is an extension of us, mm-hmm. in, regardless of like how good or, or crappy it is. Uh, and so I made this random site the other day. It was like, it was randomcatgenerator.com because it was a free URL and it had cat in the title. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy that. It's like five bucks. And so I bought it and I made like, all it does is like generate a new cat picture from the cat API on click. And I was like, yeah, perfect. Ship it done. And then I, of course started getting pull requests to like make it better. And I'm like, but this is my garbage. Nobody gets to touch it. No, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, irregardless of how good it is, like I can write something and be like, oh God, this is shit. But like, I'm still going to ship it. And like, no one's allowed to tell me that it's shit except for me. <laughs> I don't know. We're just territorial by nature. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of a Ren and Stimpy episode, uh, like from a long, long time ago. And it's like they were rifling through some guy's trash and he was just super defensive about it. And he was like, he was like, he came to tears and he's like, a man works hard for his trash, but he was just refused to let anybody else yeah. like near it. Yeah. It's very true. I love it. (laughs) So I want to talk about mentorship today. And you have talked about this a lot on Twitter in your uh, in in your writing. 
and you have a really cool platform that you are developing, which we will talk about. Um, what is what is the role that mentorship has had or the lack of mentorship has had in your life as a developer? Yeah, so where I'm at currently, um, it's funny because just this morning I had a meeting with my friend Coolio. Uh, he also works at LogMeIn and he's really great. So shout out to him. Um, we, we joined on the same day at LogMeIn and he's a little bit more senior and we just had a very real conversation where I was like, I feel quite lost with my next steps with my day job, which is normal. You hit blockers, but the difference is I'm on a design team. And so I don't have the support of other engineers on my direct team. And so um, we kind of mutually agreed to make this an established mentorship. He's always been there to give me like career advice or like technical advice. But I was like, you know what? Like, screw it. Like, let's make this legit because um, it's beneficial on both ends. And what that provided me was a a safe place that I can get advice, uh, candid advice without the bullshit of like being afraid to hurt my feelings. Um, so constructive criticism in a safe space. Um, but it also, I feel like allows me to play around with having that safety net of like, if I still, if I get stuck or I need help, like I have someone there to, to guide me. Um, so I would say emotional security is a big one. Um, with that, um, and, uh, but that it always has, it has not always been that way. So, um, when I started at IBM, I struggled very hard. I came fresh out of college with an undergrad degree in computer science, and I had no idea what I was getting into because I was very sheltered in college. I think we all were. Uh, <laughs> and so there's always this debate online of like, do you need a CS degree to be a legit developer? And I'm telling you, no, you do not, because I have one and I don't feel like it helped me. Because when I got to my first day, I had studied uh, Java primarily, so I was really back-end. I did database. I even did assembly language, and I get to my first day, and it's front-end, and I'm like, oh, it's easy. The browser is easy. HTML. (laughs) (laughs) And then I show up, and I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I know nothing. (laughs) I know nothing. It's all garbage. Um, And so it was really hard because I was working a full-time job on top of trying to juggle, like, um, you know, learning all these things. And I didn't have a mentor. And so I struggled with this for a year and a half. I cried a lot more than I should have. And then a year and a half in, I switched teams. And I moved on to a design team, which is where I found my passion for design. But again, we ran into this problem of I didn't have other engineers. And not only did I not have someone to go to for questions or or guidance, uh, I wasn't seen as an equal in eyes of other engineers because I wasn't on a dev team. And so I had to consistently prove myself, right? So that's when I began thinking about mentorship. And uh, you might have heard of Jason Langsdorf. He works at Gatsby now as a dev advocate. Mm -hmm. And I had this great idea to do an internal mentorship program at IBM. And so he was one of the people that worked with me that signed on and was like, yeah, this is a cool initiative. And kind of tried to get it off the ground at IBM, and it didn't really work. Uh, It just was not the right timing. But it was always something that I was passionate about because I didn't have a mentor. Um, I eventually uh, just messaged a guy at IBM that I had admired. He ran a lot of the education sessions and and gave talks and whatnot. Uh, His name is Sam Richards. He now works at Google. Um, So he's very proficient. And uh, so I just I reached out. I was like, hey, will you mentor me? Like, I'm a little lost. And so we had a great mentorship session where it was uh, project based. So we were I think it was around uh, creating my portfolio, which is nice because then you have tangible goals that you can meet. Right. So I was like, all right, I want to make my portfolio. I want to learn a little more about static site generators and some node. Uh, and so each, each week we'd, we'd have milestones, um, to hit. So that was my first real mentorship experience. And, uh, ever since then I'm like, all right, well, what about other people like me? 
right? So I, I would say over the course of my, what, four or five years in the industry, like this mentorship, the idea that I have about mentorship has changed. Um, it, it had gone from being purely just technical to um, expanding into career-based mentorship and um, and providing that additional emotional security net of sorts. So that was a long-winded answer, but... <laughs> no, 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 it's a great answer. Uh, so I'm really interested by this idea of emotional security, because it seemed like there were a couple different types of mentorship that you mentioned. There was the kind of, you know, your your peers effectively on, on a team, and someone's providing you, someone with a little bit more experience is providing you kind of some emotional security where they're a safe place where you can kind of come and say like, hey, what can I expect in a code review of this code? Like kind of before it goes to yeah. code review. Um, and then there's also the the like just kind of cold calling someone who is more established in the company that you admire and having them kind of direct you in a career type of path. Um, now, I'd, I'd like to kind of like tease those out a little bit mm-hmm. um, because it seems like the emotional security thing is something that anyone could kind of foster in, yeah. in a team and probably should. Um, what are some good ways to develop those types of relationships mm-hmm. or like ask your teammates for them? Yeah. Um, so one thing we did on my team at IBM was had a social contract within our team where we basically listed out some of our pet peeves. So like being late for meetings is kind of annoying, like send a message ahead of time. Um, uh, and it also gave us the, um, the ability to kind of call each other out in a safe way. Right. So like we all sat there and agreed like, Hey, if something bothers you address it immediately. And like, we're all comfortable with that. So that's one thing that you can do. Um, it's funny because moving to Germany where the culture is a lot different and I've done a lot of kind of research on how different cultures communicate, um, in certain aspects, um, Germans are a lot more straightforward, uh, which can come off as abrasive. Um, so, so learning that has been interesting, but then when we think about criticism in the United States in particular, um, we always have to wrap our, our criticism in, um, I'm not sure the right word, but like use words to kind of make it not seem as bad, but you also have to wrap it in things that are good. And, and this is so interesting to me because we spend a lot of time trying to curate exactly what we need to say to, to get this feedback across. So like, for example, you know, if, if I didn't agree with something like my coworker presented or like, let's say that they took credit for my work, be like, okay, like you did a really great job presenting, you know, I wish that you had acknowledged me in it, but like, you know, you still did a good job. That's how we would maybe give feedback in America. It's like that compliment sandwich, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, Or like a shit sandwich, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And in Germany, you would just call them out and be like, hey, like, what was that? Like, you didn't give us any credit. Uh, You know, next time, maybe you should rethink that. So the culture thing is very different. And then you've got Asian cultures, which is fascinating because in Asia, from what I've read, they don't give constructive criticism or they don't give negative criticism they only positively compliment the things that they liked and you have to read between the lines <laughs> it's a lot uh, higher context so this is all very fascinating and i would recommend if you work on a multicultural team learn these things because it will help you communicate more effectively and uh, give feedback in a way that's effective but also like doesn't burn bridges like it'll foster better relationships mm-hmm. now how how does that play out in teams that are like rapidly like changing or developing because it seems like these are amazing things. But one of the challenges that a lot of people have is like people are always being added to the team or like shifted away from the team. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you just have to kind of get a a critical mass around? And then as people come in, it's like, that's just like standard or like, how do you, uh, how do you 
I guess, continue those values out with your team. Yeah, that's hard. Um, As it changes. Because like part of me wants to say, you know, treat people the way you'd like to be treated. But the thing is, everyone's different, right? And so something that, um, so here's an example. Maybe I don't, let's say I don't clean up my GitHub branches after I've closed them, right? Like something dumb. But maybe that doesn't bother me, but it bothers my coworker. Um, so like for me to sit here and say, treat people the way you want to be treated, well, that's not going to translate, uh, you know, directly. Sure. Uh, so I would say... In those situations where you have volatile team structures, um, if you have a problem with the way that someone is working or it's inhibiting your productivity, just say something. Say something mm-hmm. one-on-one. Um, maybe start the conversation with like, hey, I, you know, I would love to chat a little bit more. I have you know, something on my mind I'd like to talk to you about. Is now a good time? Do you want to schedule a time? And that way they're not walking into something blind. They're not being blindsided by it. Um, but it still provides you that safe space. Um, never call someone out in front of a group of people. This has happened with me before, and it makes me feel really uncomfortable. So always do it one-on-one and address it in the moment because the longer you let these things simmer, um, it's going to boil over at some point. I really like this idea of kind of like peer mentorship and like everyone trying to like kind of push against each other, but like for the benefit of everyone, right? So you're not trying to be mean, not trying to be angry, but like let's all kind of like raise up as a team together. Um, so now I want to talk about the other kind of mentorship that you, you mentioned, which is um, having someone that you have like sought out. What did that feel like as you were tra- like writing that email? Like you've identified the person yeah. that you want to have. And like, what did it feel like kind of like reaching out and asking for that help? I mean, I think it's only natural to feel a little bit scared shitless. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here's my take on the, this, um, you know, this angst that we have. We see people in the industry that we admire and we put them on a pedestal. And at the end of the day, we're all people like we all started at the same place. We're all going to, you know, um, we're all just people and in the same place <laughs> well I, I didn't want to say it like that but then, yeah i couldn't it's finish fine, that sentence true. we're all going in the same place uh we're all in the same place <laughs> damn it um okay it, i mean it's true we're just people right and so yeah some people you look up to in the industry but we're just humans um there's no need to put people on a pedestal now that being said um the mentee so the person asking for this mentorship is typically the one who should carry the brunt of the weight because the mentors are giving up their time and their knowledge and expertise. So that being said, it's probably, and I made this mistake in the past, asking someone, hey, will you be my mentor is not a great way to do it because that's open-ended. They have no idea how much of a commitment that is. They don't know what kind of skills you want to work on. Maybe the skills you're looking to improve are not in their wheelhouse, right? So if you're going to approach someone, say, hey, I really admire your work. I I have seen you blog here or your video here, and I want to improve these two skills um, over the next couple of months. Would I be able to like, so it depends on the type of mentorship. Do you want like ad hoc? Do you want something you can just like ask some random questions maybe over Slack or something? Or are you looking for something involved, right? So be very clear walking into that what your expectations are and be conscientious of their time as well. And I think that um, you've got a good shot. What do you have to lose? You literally have nothing to lose. And that's my motto for life like over the past year is like, what's going to happen? Like if they don't respond, I am no worse off than I was when I started. And if they they do respond and they want to take me on, like, look at what I've just gained. So, yeah, absolutely. I I have to say, I, as I think about it, people who have had the most success with me are ones who are like, hey, I just need like 
a specific amount of time from you by this date, like whenever you're available, if I can get like 45 minutes for you to like give me some feedback on this thing. And like, it's always yes, right? Because it's like Mm -hmm. the time constraint is like closed ended. Like there's a specific focus about like, hey, like I think you provide some good feedback on this. And like the success rate for those is so much better than like, hey, uh, could you... um, talk with me like once a week mm-hmm. like for it, the rest of eternity <laughs> no definitely right not. right right there's a reason you probably look up to these people and it's that they do a shit ton of things uh and they're very active which also means they don't have a ton of time like i had this conversation with kent dodds um about kind of mentorship and and he is not the only one. I know a lot of people in the industry who are, uh, you know, pretty well known. They don't have a lot of time to devote. And so if they get these requests, like it's just unfortunately, it's not possible. Um, but should you pose it as, hey, can I have 45 minutes on your calendar just to like show you what I've done? You know, so here's an example. I wanted to get more into um, CSS animations. And I was chatting with Sarah Drasner a little bit. And I was like, um, you know, I don't remember what, what I said, but I think I was like, would you just be willing to like look it over really quickly and tell me that I'm on the right track? Because I don't want to be giving false information to people as the truth. Yeah. She was like, yeah, absolutely. We can set up a call. And she's one of the busiest people I've ever met, right? But but posing it as, I'm going to do the heavy lifting. Can you just maybe help me out for this very small, mm-hmm. minute task? Then your success rate goes up a lot. I think that's really interesting too, the idea of, of you sharing something, right? Mm-hmm. And not wanting to, like, you don't want to misdirect people. And so people in those positions where they are training, where they are trying to share information, they're happy when other people are like kind of joining the fold. And to be able to like make sure that you're on the right track is is always, I, I think you're right. It's like something that people are really excited to um, to be able to contribute to in in a small way. When do you think that people um, need mentorship the most in their career? Like early, middle, or late? Or is it always important? I think um, I think throughout the entire career because I think your needs change, right? So when you're beginning, maybe you don't even know if you want to be front-end, back-end, design, etc. Maybe you need guidance to kind of like get your feet wet in a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. But like you don't know where to start. So like if I want to be back-end, do I want to go with Python or C++ or Java? Like I have no idea. Maybe that's a conversation to have with a mentor. Um, now where I'm at... Uh, I need very specific technical help. So I, I've been having a lot of problems with our build and continuous integration with Jenkins. Now, Jenkins is a disaster of a tool because it's... <laughs> m- Don't even get me started. I can't. Um, yeah. Uh, so, we'll save that for another episode. God. Yeah. Okay. It's soul crushing. Yeah. But in any case, I'm having a lot of problems with it. And the, the biggest problem is that it's enterprise configured right so like i can't just google my problem of like how do i fix my deployment problem yeah um so now i need a really minute technical mentor who can explain the ins and outs of this stupid tool to me um so i think that there's there's always going to be a need for mentorship but i do think that the the problem space changes yeah so that brings up a question for me is do you have all of your mentors been strictly in the technical space or is it kind of like a range of like having career mentors that maybe aren't technical or maybe even managers in that space mm-hmm. um, and having, like you said, like very niche technical mentors to help you get through a specific problem? Yeah, I um, I fully encourage like people outside of your field to mentor you um, in general. Uh, for me personally, I need to get perspective and it's hard to do that when you're 
on the ground level with someone, it's better to get a high level perspective from a different vantage point um, on certain things, right? So like, I don't know if anyone ever fully knows what they want to do with their career. Like <laughs> I had that the other day where I was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Uh, <laughs> and so I think, I think now I'm kind of transitioning into it, but for a while I struggled, right? Like before I found design systems or like realized that it was an actual thing, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of lost a little bit. I'm like, well, maybe I want to do like animations. Like I'm really not sure. Um, and so maybe getting perspective by talking to people in other um, disciplines can can help with that. Um, another thing that I always thought I wanted to do was uh, be a manager. I always thought I was going to go get my master's in business and then become a manager. And like, then I realized I'm poor and college is expensive. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, but I think um, having these people to give you that perspective is good. I've, I've had a, I wouldn't call them formal mentors, but I've had a lot of allies in this journey who just give me guidance on, um, even if it's just sharing a story about a time they went through shit, right? Like it, it humanizes the whole uh, nine to five work day um problems that that seem really big at the time but in reality it's like well tomorrow's a new day and we can all start over so yeah this is something that i've been talking about with a bunch of friends of mine that like i remember really early i'm gonna go into story mode for a second but like i remember early on in my like work history i had a job as i mean i was like a cashier at like a coffee shop or something at the end of the day i was the one who was like also like washing all of the dishes and i remember complaining about washing the dishes I was like they should just have some kind of service where like someone like just goes through all the restaurants and like washes all the dishes and then like moves on to the next restaurant and you know so we can you know whatever and um and the guy who was a little bit older than me who had like you know been in service industry for a while he's like dude you're that service yeah and I remember thinking like oh my gosh like yes I am that service and like realizing like my context was like through my lens of like I'm super important and like I shouldn't be doing this shit work. Yeah. But the truth is, is that like I was not above that shit work. Like I was just getting into the field and like I had to no. kind of come to a place for myself where I realized like this is exactly the level of work that I am capable mm-hmm. of right now. And like if I want to get out of it, like that's totally, totally on me. And um, I think that that is sorry. I totally forgot what the thread was there, but <laughs> like that story, I was I was totally reminded of that story. Like in kind of being self reflective of your yep. work and having people kind of be able to communicate that to you of like, hey, your context is like this right now, mm-hmm. but like the world at large is like bigger, and yeah. you're just this like tiny little part of it. So like, if you want to level up, like these are the ways that you get out of that is just super important yeah. and something that we. It's kind of hard to hear, right? Because you don't want to hear like, oh, like the role that you have on this team right now is the shit work. Like, so figure out how to get out of it. Yeah, no, but I think that builds character and it, um, we all have to do it, right? And if you don't have to do it, you're going to be lacking certain skills that you need to survive. I think um, I had a conversation with a coworker about ego because... Um, especially living in a foreign country, I think, um, personality differences, I'm, I would say outspoken and, and, um, I'm not a jerk. I wouldn't say I'm a jerk, but I do have opinions and I try to formulate those well and, and, and whatnot, but it can come off as an ego. And, and this is not something he goes, would you be surprised if people told you an ego? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because I don't have that perception of myself. He was like, well, it can seem like that sometimes. So what I had mistaken as confidence had actually, it could come off as having an ego, which I hate because, um, 
I would say early in my career, we all have entitlement, right? We feel entitled to yeah. things because we haven't experienced the world. Uh, and so I don't remember like where I saw this, but it was a joke. It was like, what's the difference between a junior and a senior dev? It's like the senior dev knows that they're, they suck at their job. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's true. Like we, yeah, you yeah. need to go through the shit to realize like you are a small cog in this entire wheel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And like the sooner you can get to that revelation, it's like work almost gets like easier, yeah. right? Because you're like, oh yeah, like my like my thing isn't as special as I thought it was. Like I, I don't show up, and like yeah. people aren't waiting for me to speak and tell them what to do and kind of have these huge revelations because of something that I know or don't know. It's like you just come, you show up, like you do the best you can, and then yeah, you know, you move on with the rest of your life. Exactly. So. I want to talk about alt methods of getting mentorship. So I know that I had a difficult time kind of early on in my career trying to find people that were able to like mentor me in a certain thing. Um, And so I turned to like a lot of books and talks and conferences and et cetera. Um, Do you find that there are some some ways that people are doing those better, like maybe as teams kind of like taking those further than just like kind of consuming a book on their own or like going to a conference, you know, in isolation or et cetera. Mm-hmm. How are, what are some hacks that people can do to like take information that's already out there and kind of apply it to their life as a mentor would? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is funny because um, I never thought of like books or blogs or videos as a type of mentorship. And then someone mentioned that to me and I was like, Oh, like, I guess it kind of is, but it's at scale and it's asynchronous. Uh, And so I would recommend. So one of the things that I do is I am involved in a local um, JavaScript meetup. And I think meetups are great because they're generally free. A lot of times I'll have pizza, which is just a win win. Uh, and, um, you can go and talk to people and get mentored there, right? Like you can meet people not only just in your community, but like in your problem space. So I would, I would recommend meetups if that's something that's available to you. Um, what else? I mean, um, I like listening to podcasts because I feel like people are generally like quite authentic on podcasts and you can get a lot of insight into, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we see people online and, and you only get so much, um, interaction with them there, but podcasts I feel like are a little bit more authentic, like I just said. And, um, yeah, I mean in a team setting, maybe what you could do, like you could do these group sessions where like maybe you stay late one night and you get a pizza and you put on some conference talks and then have a discussion about it. See how you can bring in things like that into your day job. Um, or, or see how you can like repurpose some of these ideas and, and maybe take it in a different direction, but still use the principles that you had just learned. So I think doing things in a group setting is great because then it facilitates discussions and it facilitates, you know, these cognitive um, like connections that maybe you weren't, able to do on your own so nice nice now i want to talk about what you're doing with coding coach because i think it's extremely exciting and uh, i want to talk about all of your ideas there what is the big hairy problem that you're trying to solve with coding coach that mentorship is not accessible to everyone uh be that in um like time accessibility wise so like not having someone who's willing to devote time to you or uh, monetarily, right? Some people can't afford uh, a mentor and the only way they can access a mentor is through an online platform. And all of these that I've seen have been paid. Well, that's not helpful for people who can't afford it. Maybe a student can't afford it, right? Um, so all of the platforms that I'd come across, um, while they were very nice, they were paid, and which I understand, right? 
But the nice thing about Coding Coach is that all the mentors there donate their time, which means that they want to be there. They genuinely want to help each other. And I think that's the root of a good mentorship is, um, you know, genuinely caring about the people you're mentoring versus I'm collecting a paycheck. Um, Not to throw shade on anybody for collecting money for donating their time. That's not what this is about. But I wanted to ensure that anyone in this industry could go and find someone, you know, for a problem that they needed help solving regardless of worrying about paying for it or, um, you know, not knowing where to go. What is a good time frame for a mentorship? Like, is that just kind of like up to the individual uh, mentee and mentor? Or is there kind of like an ideal time that you find is great for a single relationship before maybe moving on to another? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I actually posted a Google Doc that has some mentorship guidelines in it. Uh, so if anyone's listening to this and they would like some more concrete um, information, feel free to go check that out. Um, but it really all depends on the goals, right? So you should have goals before approaching a mentorship. And if my goal is to become an expert in JavaScript, I would like to have a plan, an action plan that I can check off list items as we go. And every few list items, let's reevaluate and discuss what worked well, what didn't go so well. Are we even making progress? Because if we're not making progress, then we can mutually end this um, and, and not burn a bridge there. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking career mentorship, maybe ad hoc is the best, right? Maybe it's just as we need them. Um, they're not something that necessarily needs to be scheduled. And so based on those things, I wouldn't say there's necessarily um, a, a, a time span or a life cycle that's um, maybe the most prominent. But I would say in general, like people need short-term help uh, to grow. And once they grow, maybe they're in a different spot and maybe then they need, you know, a different type of mentorship or a different mentor. And there's no shame in walking away from a mentorship. And that's one thing I also want to help with is making that a little less awkward. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, because when money's involved, that becomes extremely more awkward. Right. And so like taking that barrier out of it is kind of like, Hey, like this didn't actually like work. So let's part ways and I'm going to like find someone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, What, are some words of advice for someone who's going through your platform and like trying to find someone, uh, how, how do they best find someone? Should they kind of try to find someone that they already like follow and admire and see if they're on the platform? Um, or are there good tools for finding someone who might be able to help them with the places that they're at right now? So we currently just have coding coach alpha out. And what that means is there's no database. It's literally just like you can use our CLI tool to add yourself as a mentor at the moment, and it gets populated into a JSON file and and propagates the UI. We're in the midst of building this beta version that has a a fully-fledged database that'll have a great UI where you can actually like create these mentorships and track goals and whatnot. Um, So that's in the works. But for right now, you can go to mentors.codingcoach.io, and uh, we have like over 200-something mentors, uh, which is, it kind of blows my mind to be honest i think anytime your your vision or your dream is coming to life like it just kind of like scares you a little bit in a good way uh and so yeah so if you want (laughs) to were you worried that it would just be like five people up there and you're like oh god uh i'm in charge of this uh yeah adult things um so yeah i would say go and and we have technology filters so you can go put in like hey i need a javascript one and you can go search by geographic location and, and stuff like that um and at some point we will also on the full the full site we'll have like this capacity indicator so if someone if a mentor already has too many mentees like you'll be able to see that right away and so your your rate of rejection will be a little bit less right but i always joke that this kind of started out as like tinder for mentorships because like (laughs) you know 
That's kind of what we were going for, but like in a non-creepy uh, way. Basically, just keeping yeah, it as simple yeah. as possible, right? So yeah, I like it. I yeah. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, at what point in a career should someone start thinking about offering their time as a mentor or offering their experience as a mentor? Is it earlier or later than you might think? Uh, I think it depends on the subject. So like everyone has something valuable to offer. Uh, you always have a unique vantage point. But I would say if I just read like one W3 schools article about JavaScript, like maybe you're not in a place to mentor JavaScript yet. But I think <laughs> um, <laughs> once you um, once you have this uh, like inner peace when thinking about a, a subject area and, and maybe being like, I don't want to say tested, right? But if someone were to ask you a question about a technology or a framework or whatnot, um, how comfortable are you answering those? Like, can you answer them? It's not necessarily even about knowing the answer. It's about knowing how to find the answer and and having problem-solving skills. So um, I think there's no great answer to this because it's not a tangible answer. Um, I think it's you kind of know internally. But I would say, like, in terms of career advice or just advice in general, everyone has something unique to offer. And so don't discount yourself just because you've only been here a few years. I've only been in this industry professionally for what, five years, maybe six years. Um, and I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. So (laughs) I mean, it goes to show that like, you never, like you can look at someone who's been in the industry 10 years and yet they still, they have things that they would like to be mentored on. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a an internal conversation you need to have with yourself about am I ready to take on that responsibility of helping someone in their journey? That's one thing that going back to what you mentioned about going to meetups, um, I found really helpful is is that you can get a pretty good gauge of where you're at in relationship to people around you, and kind of get a sense of like, oh, I actually know this topic. You know, because like you said, we're all looking yeah. at the horizon, right? We're all looking at these superstars and thinking like, oh, well, I'm not there yet. Um, but when you go to a meetup, there's a lot more people who are kind of like just about like where you're you're at, especially in your, like seeing them in your geographical location. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to kind of get that, like you said, being tested a little bit and see like, oh, like they all have questions about this thing that I actually know about. Yeah. Um, so maybe I could start teaching on that thing because there's obviously mm-hmm. people who are like further behind me than that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I've gotten emails from people asking me to mentor them in Node. And I'm like, hey, I don't really work much with Node. So like <laughs> you're probably better off finding someone who isn't. I don't think there's any shame in that. Right. Like if you're not comfortable yeah. doing it, like I would say just own up to it. There's no shame. So do you so that brings up an interesting question for for me like do you feel like people should specialize early on in their career or uh kind of go more like general? Mm, I don't know because I've talked a lot about being like a T-shaped developer so having like one area that you're very well versed in um or comfortable mm-hmm. in uh, and having branches off um on either side to a couple of areas that you want, you know, you you really enjoy maybe you're not an expert in so like I would say my expert um level skills are in front end development, but I also really enjoy UX and I know some, you know, back end work as well. Um, so I would say if you're just starting out, I suggest kind of get a feel for all the different things out there because it'll help you understand what you're passionate about and specialize in the thing that you're passionate about because 
when you enjoy something, you're more likely to teach it better um, or enjoy your work more. And the goal, in my opinion, is not to collect a paycheck. I think that's a good byproduct of being invested in something mentally. But um, find the thing that you enjoy. You're going to be doing this for you know the majority of your adult life. So you might as well <laughs> enjoy it. So I would say get your feet wet in a lot of things. Find what you like uh, and then and then take on some some deep vertical knowledge on it. Awesome. Where do people go if they want to get involved as either a mentor or a mentee for coding coach? Um, so you can go to uh, codingcoach.io we've got a little bit of info on there Um, to become a mentor right now there's no process there will be like a a small form that you fill out with your profile information moving forward but uh, right now you just use the CLI tool and it opens a pull request automatically Um, so you can go to our GitHub repository from you know our main site you can get there Um, also the Slack organization is great we've got like over 2,000 people in it and the conversations um, you know if you're just looking to like get really Really quick answer on something you don't necessarily need a mentor like get in the slack group org and see what's going on there um lots of fun people there uh and to be a mentee like i mean there's no qualification right just go you can go right now to mentors.codingcoach.io to find someone or just like join the slack org and like you can get help there nice nice now is there anything that we didn't cover today on the topic of mentorship or coding coach that you would like to leave us with today hmm um Maybe don't get discouraged if it takes a little while to find a good mentor or to find a mentor because it is, it's hard. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's not something that generally comes easy. We're trying to make it easier, but, um, in our platform specifically, like we still lack, um, skill sets in, in different areas. Um, and uh, you know, we're gaining momentum. So if, if the skill set you're looking for isn't on our site yet, you know, check back soon or message me directly. I'm happy to like maybe try to make a connection with someone. Um, but yeah, just don't get discouraged. We're there to help. And, um, you know, if there's anything we can do, like just reach out. Awesome. Now, where can people find out more about you and your possum memes? Um, that's a great question. I'm all over the interweb, uh, and I do like to post funny things. Well, I think they're funny. I don't really know if anyone else does, but I think the possum was a hit, so it's not impossible. Um, (laughs) dad jokes. Um, no, feel free to find me on Twitter. I feel like I'm most active there. I generally respond to almost every single DM that I get. Um, especially if you pose it as like a question. Um, if you DM me, hi, I probably won't respond because it gets lost in like the ecosphere of like, highs but feel free to send me a message like I, I genuinely respond to everyone and I'm always happy to help awesome well Emma thank you so much for your expertise on mentorship and giving us some great tips on uh, how we can get it what different types there are this was really fascinating to kind of like suss out the different types of mentorship and like how they can help you on your career uh, really appreciate your time thanks so much for joining us today yeah thank you so much for having me I had a great time Emma, thank you so much for being on the show this week. We are so lucky to have your incredible insights, your hilarious possum memes, and activity in our React community. Thanks also this week to Get Prime for making this episode possible. Visit getprime.com slash 20 patterns and get the free book 20 patterns to watch for in your engineering team immediately as a digital download and then print if you wish. Without a doubt, knowing these patterns will help you become a better engineer. This episode of React Podcast was edited by Mikhail Delport. It was produced by Mikhail Delport and Sarah Jackson. You can find React Podcast on Spec, a network to help designers and developers level up. 
Visit spec.fm to find other shows that will take you further in your career. Help us out by reviewing this show on iTunes. Your reviews help the show grow and help us ensure great guests and awesome content week to week. To join the discussion, visit reactpodcast.com slash chat or follow us on Twitter at React Podcast. I'm at Chantastic. To stay out of the discussion but get updates, visit reactpodcast.com slash news and sign up for emails. Thanks so much for giving us your attention. We'll be in your ears again next week. 